Hey guys, thanks for joining in on another episode of Cast the Word. Today we're going to be discussing the topic, Revitalizing Your Christian Walk. Guys, thanks so much for joining in on another episode today. I think we have a great episode outlined for you guys here. We're honored today to have another guest show. We have Pastor Brian Seidel, who pastors a church out in Boise, Idaho. Pastor Brian, thank you so much for joining in today. Yeah, great. It's great to be here with you, Andrew. And Pastor Brian and I connected recently and discussed the topic of revitalizing the Christian walk and and revitalizing the body of Christ. And I thought it would be such a great idea to have him on the episode today because we both agree that in this late hour, the body of Christ must be revitalized or remain revitalized. Now is a t- now is not a time rather for complacency or for stagnation, especially in this late hour that we're living in. So Pastor Brian, do you care to share with us your thoughts on this topic a little bit and and how the Lord has been leading you to tackle this topic with your own church body? And if you get a second, I'd love to hear a little bit about yourself, have my listeners hear a little bit about your your history in the ministry as well. So yeah, definitely. Um, you know, this this whole topic of, of revitalization, something that's really been uh, at the forefront of my life for the last several years. Um, and uh, I've been at this church, Oregon Trail Church of God, like I said, in the Boise area. Um, and God brought me here uh, just over five years ago. Um, and the um, when God called me and my family here, um, this it was a small struggling church and they were just looking for for, for revitalization. Um, they had, yeah. um, you know, just, just like a lot of churches had just had a, just some turmoil and some struggles and um, you know, the, the church had had some really good days, but then just through it all, it just kind of really shrunk down. And um, so they, you know, they were looking for a new pastor, just for a new direction. Um, and so, you know, something that got thrust to the forefront in my life and ministry just really quickly. Um, and, you know, this was not something that I was looking for. Um, in fact, I, um, even all through college and, um, and everything was working in, in the youth ministry world. Um, and, you know, worked in different internships and stuff through my college years. Um, and then uh, my first full-time ministry position was a, was a youth pastor. And I did youth ministry um, and in, in total for almost 20 years. Um, and then, like I said, at the end of that kind of tenure, and like I said, I thought I was going to do youth ministry for my whole life. Um, and, um, but then, you know, God just one day just said, hey, Brian, like, I, you know, like it's time for you to move on to something else, and which is a shocker <laughs> right. to me. Right. Um, and so, but I wanted to follow God's leading. And so, uh, you know, seeing in that, but um, then I, I, I left being a full-time youth pastor and uh, stepped into an associate role at the same church I was a youth pastor at for 13 and a half years. And then I stepped into associate role. I kind of oversaw kids and youth minute youth and, and some adult small group ministry and, and several different things there. So that was a big transition. And then six months into that role, um, Oregon Trail uh, came, came to me and asked me to apply and, uh, you know, to, to be, to think about being their next lead pastor. And again, I was at a big church. I was one of six full-time pastors, um, on that associate role. And uh, like I said, it was going really well. And, and like, I mean, I, I just, I told them no, you know, and so, but, um, obviously, you know, we ended up coming. Right. And so yeah. God, you know, God, God works through that. Um, but yeah, so then all of a sudden I was like, man, I need to figure out how to revitalize stuff, you know, but like here, this is the call that God's put on me now. Um, and so, yeah, so we, we have stepped out of, of that, that church and, um, you know, we, we sold our house and moved to the other end of the metro area. So, wow. you know, we're, we're still kind of in the same Boise area, metro area, but, 
just moved to the other end of our valley and um, you know I mean my kids changed schools my wife changed jobs and we, we bought a house in this community and um, you know we just we just dove in and so uh, like I said that was that was just over five years ago and and so we've you know we've seen that we've seen the church revitalize in a lot of ways we've just seen God's spirit I think even revitalize within myself and and my leadership and uh, you know God stretched me in ways that I didn't I didn't know I was ready for um, and, you know, lots of things there, but also I think we just saw God work in people's hearts and, and just, just wake some people up, you know, that had gotten complacent, um, you know, really kind of maybe open some eyes to some things that were really happening that people weren't, weren't, didn't want to admit were going on, you know, some different right. things, but, um, but it, definitely, I would say certainly, um, within the, the first two years of, of being here at Oregon Trail and, and taking on this revitalization project. Like I had more hard conversations in those two years than I had my entire life up to that point. Sure. And you know, that was that was not an easy season. Um and but yet it was one that I think um just continued to to refocus not just me, but I think the church and just just all of us together and just in in just reminding us what God wanted from us. And I think and and that he would not ask something that he wouldn't supply. Exactly. And, and that was, um, you know, sometimes that was, that was a, a hard truth to remember, um, you know, at different times, but yet, you know, always going back though to the fact that like, it was God's call, you know, this is God's church and that kid that, and we just continue to see his spirit work. And so, which was just awesome. Um, so now that to say though, as again, as we, as we all know, right, these, these last, several months right has just been mm-hmm. a struggle for everybody oh yeah right and um it, you know with that said like i look back and think man if this pandemic and like all of this just tension within our nation and all of this stuff if that had happened in those first two years of us being there like i'm not sure we would have made it yeah and I, I love that you said everything that's been going on right now has really put especially the church has put us in an opportunity to really step out in faith and that's exactly what the church body needs right now. And that's exactly what you did, brother. When you you took that leap of faith to take this new opportunity that the Lord was working you towards. And it's so hard for some people to, it's easy to say, he'll supply the need. He'll he'll make a way. But, but man, that's hard to live out sometimes, isn't it? Yeah, I know. Great thought. And again, that's really, again, what I was thinking is, is you know, yeah, to step out on faith. And I think, Again, we had to do that, you know, I mean, I had to do that in my own faith in, in stepping into a lead role for the first time. Uh, like I said, I'd been, you know, a youth pastor, been an associate pastor, but I'd never been a lead pastor before. And so, right. you know, stepping into that was, um, you know, was a huge leap of faith. I think, you know, that said, again, we left a big church and we stepped into a small struggling church. And, um, and again, like, I mean, I, I took a pay cut to come here. Right. You yeah. know, again, which was, which was a huge step of faith. Right. And like yeah. Yeah, a huge step of faith for my wife and for my kids, you know, stepping out, like I said, and, and moving. Um, and, and again, like I said, we didn't move far. I mean, you know, we moved just to the other end of the valley. You know, we were able to still stay in touch with everybody and, you know, keep our doctors and, you know, that kind of thing. Like we could still drive in, into downtown for that kind of thing. But, but it was still though, it was a huge leap, you know, for us. And, and I think, but I think that's true for everybody in our faith journey too, though, right? I, right. I mean, you know, exactly. we, we, we get to that place in our faith where, uh, you know, God says, hey, it's time to move on to this next phase of your journey, right? Or a next 
phase of your growth or, you know, or, you know, the next conviction that he puts on our heart or, you know, whatever it would be is he continues to transform our lives and to be more like Christ. And, you know, we get to those moments and it feels like you're stepping off a cliff. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing that, that I wanted to hit on today, because I, I love your story and, and how, um, a lot of what, well, everything leading up to where you are right now has been orchestrated by God to allow you to step out in faith. And so many times that is required for the Christian walk as well. We're supposed to walk by faith and not by sight. That's what the Word tells us to do. And that's a, that's such a hard thing to do, especially when push comes to shove and we find ourselves backed up against a corner or in a in a trial or in a, a season of of you know, in a dry season or, or whatever you want to call it in the Christian walk, it's so hard sometimes for the body to move forward in faith, especially when all hell's breaking out against us. And one thing that really struck me, pastors, when, when we were preparing yeah. for this, you know, we talked a lot about, about your journey to where you are now. And thank you so much for sharing that because whether you're in the ministry or not, you know, for you specifically, it was a call to the ministry and step forward. But we both know that just in our Christian walk every day, we have those type of decisions to make. Are we going to trust our flesh and what we believe on the inside, or are we going to look to God as the author and the finisher of our faith? So that's something that everybody can relate to there. And I wanted yeah. to ask you specifically, while we're on this topic of of your past in the youth, uh, we talked a little bit before we started recording tonight and uh, shared some of my background with you. I too am a youth pastor, and we we discussed some of the challenges of being a youth pastor and the rewards of that. It's such a rewarding opportunity to try to sow seed in, into our youth right now, and yeah, and uh, such a blessing to be able to do that. But with it, just like with pastoral work or just like in your daily walk with Christ, there are challenges that come along with that. So I wanted to ask you just specifically because you have such a strong uh, tenure of youth ministry, do you care to share with us some of the challenges that um, our youth is faced with right now in regards to revitalization and what we could do better as parents, as uh, peers, as ministers, as just fellow believers, what we could do collectively, or as youth, obviously, to revitalize our walk with Christ, because the youth right now need Christ now more than ever. Uh, we talked a little bit about technology and some of the things that separate yeah. youth from, from God, but arguably that goes for all believers. Technology right now, as we discussed earlier, is such a great blessing, but man, it can really separate us from God. So uh, just curious to hear your thoughts, if you don't mind sharing about yeah. some challenges of, for revi revitalization for the youth and stretching that out to the church body as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think um, just as we said, like I told you, I, I was um, I was in youth ministry long enough. I was considered one of the veterans, you know, within the youth ministry world, um, which was odd to me because I was like, man, I'm not that old. I don't know how I can be a veteran of anything. <laughs> right. Um, you know, but but with that said, though, like I said, I, I was in long. I mean, when I started in youth ministry, like nobody had cell phones. And so, um, you know, that that was definitely different. And, and, and I say like, and I watched that change as I was, you know, in the trenches every day as a full-time youth pastor and just saw yeah. where, you know, where, where we went from, from nobody having cell phones until, you know, and then eventually like just, you know, just the youth leaders had cell phones and then all the kids had cell phones and, and you know, just watching that shift. And, you know, it's just kind of funny because now I have teenagers in my house. And so, you know, as I walked, you know, with life with teenagers for so many years. And again, I, and we have teenagers in our house all the time. 
And mm-hmm. like I said, you know, when my boys were little, uh, you know, I mean, they I mean, they grew up around teenagers, you know, they were, they were around us all the time. And, and right. so, you know, and, and like I said, now my oldest is 16. Um, so, and, and I have a 16, 14 and one that just turned 12. And so I have three teenagers in my house. Um, and, you know, I've often, I told my boys cause all, so all three of those are, those are boys and, um, they're our biological kids. We, we adopted, um, our daughter, um, uh, just, just almost two years ago, which is an entirely wow. different story um, yeah. about, about God's grace and, and just, and just him moving mountains because he absolutely did. But that's, that's probably for a different podcast, but, um, <laughs> But, but I, I mean, I've often told my boys, I'm like, guys, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but I was in youth ministry long enough that you guys are not going to get away with anything. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and they're like, yeah, we know. And, but, um, but to say, like I said, I watched just as students got, got cell phones and, and, and it was like this. And now, and this is, we talked earlier, right? It's just part of youth culture. Like I said, youth culture shifts. Uh, often right like it's it's always changing there's you know whether it's you know music or games or whatever whatever they're into is constantly changing but but yet but youth culture doesn't really change and and i think that was one of the things that i watched as i was in it you know um in the trenches and even just watching my own kids you know um through middle school and high school and their friend groups now um to say like youth culture just at the core of it really has not changed very much now now, again, the fringes of youth culture have changed dramatically, right? Like I said, whether it's with cell phones or, you know, oh, yeah. how, how, you know, what the, how we find sin is very different today than it was, you know, when absolutely, but, but, but the, the, the core human condition has not changed. And, and, and to that said is, I think it's also right that we know the truth of God's word is that God hasn't changed either, right? And, and which is incredible and, and an awesome truth that we have to stand on. And I think, yeah. and, and, you know, and, and, but I think even the, like the difference between, you know, youth, the youth ministry and adult ministry too. And like a lot of people ask me that when I transitioned out of youth into a lead, lead pastor role in adult ministry, you know, it's like, oh, what's, you know, what's really different between, you know, I'm like, definitely the pace is different. You know, youth, again, youth ministry is just a lot quicker and yeah. faster, a lot more activity. Um, you know, again, you know, changes and decisions are made a lot slower, you know, when it's for the whole church or just youth ministry. Mm-hmm. And like I said, and I was ready for that pace change. I mean, that's, you know, God knew that, I think, just in me as I got older. Um, but, but, but the problems are the same, the, the same human condition, the sinful nature, Absolutely. you know, all those kind of things. Yes. So, I mean, with, with teens, with adults, I mean, we all need Jesus. And like that, that just has not changed, right? Between yeah. kids and youth, that hasn't changed the youth culture over the time. And I said, you know, the big difference between youth ministry and adult ministry is just, and I always say, it's like, it's the same problems with more zeros. <laughs> I like, you know, I like that. And, yeah. And, and it's always because like I said, same, same new condition, same problems, but you know, again, a, a teenager messes up, you know, they, they get grounded for a couple of weeks, you know, or whatever. Right. Um, you know, again, an adult messes up and kind of with the same issues as that scene, you know, I mean, it costs them thousands of dollars and maybe even their families. Right. You're right. Or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and so again, there's just, there's just way more zeros. Like the, the, um, you know, the, the stakes are a lot higher when it comes yeah. to adults, you know, and just adult life. And I guess, or, or sorry, hashtag adulting, right. Is I guess it is what they call it. Exactly. But, yeah. Um, but, but I say, but so again, I, I don't know. I swear I, I plan to answer your question, Andrew. I know we're kind of going around, right. You're like, no, you're hey, fine, man. Take... Keep going. Yeah. You're so, good. But, um, but to say, but I watched as kids got cell phones and, and like I said, they were always distracted, but I just noticed when, by the time all the students had phones, 
they were they were just as distracted, like I said, but they were distracted with different things, right? Because yeah. of their phone. Um, but they were always exhausted. Yeah. And and I just saw that to where you know and you know, every speaker doesn't want to admit that people fall asleep when they're speaking, but like, you know, but I, I mean, you know, it happens, right. It happens. Sure. Oh yeah. But I just noticed like, especially in, in youth group, like as soon as they had cell phones, like, cause they never turn them off. Right. Like, I mean, they would be, you know, again, and even back, you know, I watched it, you know, pre social media days when it was like, you know, they had, they had, the, you know, a thousand text messages, you know, wasn't enough. So they had to go to unlimited text messages. Right. And, you know, right. back in the day when it was, you know, they counted that instead of data, but, oh, but, man, but, you know, all that. <laughs> but, but again, to say that, like, I remember like they, they just, they would never turn them off. Right. And, and so yeah. they, they, they would never sleep. And, and, and I just saw that, like, so they went not just from being always being distracted by everything in the world, but they were also exhausted. Right. Right. And then to where, you know, again, and we, um, you know, I mean, we saw, I think the biggest change I saw with that, like I said, you know, just in the, you know, Wednesday night youth group or whatever, you know, I mean, we definitely saw that. And like, and again, because they were so tired, like kids, their tempers were shorter, you know, they were like, they, you know, they, they were crankier all the time. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, you just kind of deal right. with that kind of thing. But like, but the, the biggest change that I noticed was, was how we did summer camp. And, and so, you know, it, you know, before the first couple of nights of summer camp, everyone's just so so jazzed to be there and excited you know nobody slept for the first couple of days right because everybody was just so excited and like i saw in that like and again here in idaho we we are blessed with some of the most beautiful country in our nation and yeah. you know i i mean you know we, we i mean we'd take the kids up into the mountains for summer camp and you know where their cell phones didn't work and That's so awesome. uh, um yeah. you know so again we'd go up there and like i said everybody would lose service halfway up the camp and um, but again, you see, and for the first couple of days, like they, they were, they would just sleep, right. Because they were, and they had to like detox, you know, from, <laughs> yeah. from their phones. And then like, yeah. and you, you, I, and I just watch it for those couple, those years was, you know, like once they were rested and, and not, you know, tied to their phones cause they, their phones didn't work. Um, you know, then like they would about, about mid, mid day two to mid three, like camp would really start because the kids would engage. Yeah. And, and it was just, it was crazy to watch that shift. And like, but, but again, like it was, I, I still see that today. And again, I, I tell you, like one of the things we do with my boys, like, I mean, they all have phones and, and, you know, we, we get through it and, you know, different things, but like, um, and we have like, literally they are not allowed to take their cell phone in their bedroom. And, you know, and there's, again, I have boys. And so we deal with, you know, purity things and that kind of stuff. As part sure, of the right. For that. But, smart but, idea. but, yeah. but also with that, like literally they have, they plug them in, we have a charging station in our, our kitchen counter and they plug them in every night and then they go to bed. Yep. And, um, we do the exact same thing with my teenage boy too. We do the exact yeah. same thing. Yeah. And so, and again, and that's, again, it's because of what I saw in those students, right. Over the yeah. years. And that shit, so. Man, hearing you say that you reminded me of cell phone minutes and limit uh limited text messages <laughs> yeah we've come crazy. a long way in the last few years haven't we <laughs> yes we have it's good yeah you see and it's conversations like that that may re make me remember that i'm i'm actually getting old <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh man so another question i wanted to ask you because i know right now you mentioned that you are going through kind of a 
a rebuilding revitalization stage with your church and and maybe maybe you've accomplished that or maybe it's a long-term project i know you've been at the church you are now if i remember you mentioning around five years so want to get into kind of the meat and potatoes here so i'm curious yeah. now, what have you done specifically to help revitalize your church and and when we think about that more broad, you know, to the rest of the Christian body, what can we do individually to revitalize our Christian walk? If we find ourselves in a spirit of complacency, or if we find ourselves kind of going through the motions, you know, we're not really making any progress in our spiritual development and our spiritual growth. What can we do as believers to revitalize that walk? Yeah. And it's, you know, that's such a, just a great question. I think something that, um, that again, to go so I think that to truly answer that question again, it's not anything that that's coming, you know, that's coming from me. Like again, you don't need to hear Brian's opinion exactly. on this. Um, yeah. You know, again, I, I so I want to, I want to read if I can. I want to read this passage from you, and this is a passage. Yeah, go for it, man. This Absolutely. So so central into my life and into my ministry, and I think, and even to what God has done here at Oregon Trail. And um, to say that it, it comes from Matthew chapter nine, uh, verses thirty six through thirty eight. Uh, and again, this is this is Jesus speaking. Um, and it says, when he saw the crowds, he compassion on them because they were confused and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. And he said to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. And so pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest and ask him to send more workers into his field. And yeah, I, I, I want to I reference these verses because one, just to say, like, I remember when God was moving me through just the process of, of, you know, showing me that he wanted me to even come to Oregon Trail and to take yeah. on this project. Um, and, and I remember like when my, my wife and I came out to the, for the first like in-person interview with that, with the hiring team. Um, and like, we started, like, we hadn't told our boys that anything was up. We're like, yeah, we're going on a date. Right. And we were literally <laughs> coming out to interview at the church. Yeah. Um, and, and so, but I remember like, and again, we were both pretty skeptical, you know, coming out to that. We're like, man, we don't know if this is right. And like, and I remember just kind of praying in the car together before we came inside to the interview and just like, Lord, just show us what you need us to see. You know, like if, if, if this is what you want for us and our family, then, then just open our eyes. Right. Yeah. And, and, and so we went in and just, we, we taught, we went through the, the meeting and, 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 you know, again, it just, you know, obviously, it, I mean, it, God showed us some things because, you know, like, again, we ended up coming. I mean, we already know what happened, but, but, but to say that, like, we got, we got back in the car and I, I just remember like, and, and literally like, I mean, I, like, I ended up running the meeting and like, I, I don't, I don't say that like arrogantly, I hope it doesn't come out, but like, I just saw that like, there just wasn't a lot of direction, you know, sure. even like, like even in the hiring team and the hiring, you know, committee that was there, like, they, you know, like, I mean, I mean, I had questions for them and kind of, you know, and like, I like, I literally, I ended up taking control of, of the meeting. <laughs> and, and, and like, I, I left there and I, I just remember like, like leading and, and uh, Maureen is my wife. Like Maureen looks at me as we're pulling out of the car. She's like, well, what'd you see? And I was like, and literally I just look at her and I was like, I just saw sheep with that, that need a shepherd. Yeah. And, and, and she was like, yeah, she's like, like, yeah, she's like, I saw people that were hungry for God, but they just didn't know what to do. Yeah. You know, and, and like, and they were, I mean, they were tired. You know, they were, they were frustrated in a lot of ways. And like, they were just looking for somebody to say, Hey, this is where we need to go. Wow. And, um, and so again, like this, and that's where, again, part of where this passage, right? Like Jesus looks on them and he had compassion on them 
because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And yeah, again, I think that's number number one. It, whether it's in a church or whether it's in you know whatever God's doing in our own hearts, is we got to remember that He is the good shepherd. Amen. Right, and that God Amen. knows where we need to go, and He knows where where our faith needs to be, and He knows what's yes. holding us back, and like. God needs to first open our own eyes to what's really true. Yeah. Right. What, you know, whether that's in a church or whether that's in our own faith journey, like there's, you know, if we're not moving forward in that journey, there is something holding us back. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right. And, and, you know, who better to ask, right. Than the great shepherd. Amen. Right. And so, you know, to see that, and I think, like I said, and that's what I found when I got, you know, even when we got here or in trail and to say like these people who, you know, just for the, the most part, it was in this congregation, they were people, they, and they loved God, but they were tired. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, they were, they were empty. But, you know, they, I mean, they, they, they tried everything that they knew what to do. And so now they were just like, man, we just got to find a new leader and we just got to need a new direction. And we just need direction in what, where to go. And again, they, they, they have the desire. They just didn't know what to do next. And, and, yeah. and I think that's so true for so many people in their faith, right? Like they know that they're far from God. They know that they're stagnant. They know that they just come and they sit in the pews for an hour on a Sunday and it just doesn't seem to change anything. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and I think that's again, where we just have to get to the point of, of saying, Lord, I need your direction. Yes. Right. Like, and, and again, and, and to actually be open to the answers. Right. I, I think so many times we come to God and just be, and again, that's where I was in my faith in that moment. I'm like, God, this, you know, this, like, I'm not ready to lead a church. Yeah. You know, like, like I, you know, right. like, like I'm, you know, God, I'm, I'm comfortable in where I'm at, you know, and, and, and mm-hmm. my, my family's content and like, and I see you working like, Lord, I, I like it here, you know, and God's like, <laughs> yeah, but you can't stay there, Brian. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And God, God specializes in getting us out of our comfort zones, doesn't he? Uh, yes, absolutely. And, and I think, and again, not, I mean, not like in a scary way, you know, or a way that we feel like he's going to just, right. you know, I mean, you know, something, but again, cause remember, right. It's out of love. I mean, that's, that's what yes, motivates God. Right. Exactly. And, and so again, God's not going to tell you to do something that's going to make you miserable. Right. Because God exactly. made you, he knows your heart. Right. right. And, and he, I mean, he wants to continue to guide you in the direction that he created you to go in. Right. And so again, if, I, and I think that's one of the lies that we believe right in our own heads. It's like, man, if mm-hmm. I, if I fully surrender to God and if I really ask him what's holding me back, then, then I'm not going to like the answer. Right. <laughs> like, like I'm going to, he's going to ask me to, you know, to go to Africa and so on. Right. Know, now, I mean, now, but if he, if he does, now he does tell people to go to Africa, right? As missionaries, but, right. but not, again, not everybody, right? I mean, if, if he's telling you to do that, then he created you to do that. And you're going to have exactly. the time of your life in Africa. Exactly. Right? Where, you know, but again, he's not going to ask you to do that if he didn't create you to do that. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. And I think so many people, to your point, do have that fear of of really just, it's that complete and total surrender to God to say, Lord, I want you to show me what your design is for me, what what the path that I need to take is, Lord. And so many people may have that 
almost that question mark of, do I really want to know? Do I really want to ask? And of course, like you said, it's not, it shouldn't be a scary thing because we know he's going to shape us and, and put us in a position where we can be fruitful for him and that where we can potentially grow the body of Christ. And obviously we all want to do that as believers is, you know, one, it's the great commission to grow the body of Christ and to just spread his love and spread his word to as many people as we can. Uh, you mentioned referring to the great shepherd and obviously he is the way, the truth and the life. You know, we, we need to lean on God more than man, uh, you know, yeah. man is not our source at all. Uh, God is our source. And, you know, so many of us may lean on on our pastor to feed us, you know, and just rely on that. You know, I go to church mm-hmm. every Sunday. I, I get what I need. But that's it can't stop there. That is that cannot be the end of our spiritual growth, just depending on what we get fed Sunday mornings, Sunday evenings, Wednesday night in our church building uh, by our church leader. Obviously, we need that. You know, the the word tells us to not forsake the assembling together. We need that. But, you know, something that's been in my spirit a lot recently is the fact that, you know, I guess it's really been driving home at me because, of of course, we we know this by reading through the word, but it's just been really gripping me right now in this season that I'm in that it is so incumbent upon us to feed ourselves by digging into the word and by spending time with God in prayer and not— just getting our spiritual um, feast on Sunday mornings. So what are your thoughts about that? Obviously, I know as a pastor that that um, I'm sure that that's something that that you work through a lot as well in your own personal study time and and preparation for for Sunday morning, Sunday evening, um, all of that. But as the body, is that not something we must do to continue revitalizing, continue moving forward? What are your thoughts on that, brother? But yeah, again, I think um, to answer that question, I think, you know, and I want to look at the last part of these verses that we read, right? In verse 37, it says, the harvest is great for the workers are few. And so pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Yeah. And ask him to send more workers into his field. And, you know, that's that's one of the things, again, that has just God has continued to put in my heart and my life and in my ministry. Um, as we've worked through the different phases of, re- of revitalization with this church. Like you said, and even as God stretched me as a leader, and again, I will say it doesn't matter whether you're leading a church, right? Leading a business, um, you know, leading oh, a podcast, right? Yeah. Leading, I mean, th- even just leading your own family in these last six months, six to eight months, if you are in a leader position of any kind, even just leading your own heart and your own life and faith, like it has been hard. Yes, it has. You're right. right? And and through all of the, those times, like even whether it's those struggles within our own faith journey or even just in the, the recent months, right, or, or, or of whatever we're leading, right? And again, one of those things, just even for me, is I've led our church through this time. And, and again, there's been just so many incredibly hard decisions where there's no right answer, right? That just has to be made and, and yeah. you have to move forward and, you know, into yep. uncharted waters for all of us, right? Um. But I think it's just that God just continued to whisper that in my head. He's like, I am the Lord of the harvest. Yeah. Right. I am in charge. Again, just remember all of the truths of, of the word, right. That, you know, the gates of hell will not prevail. Yeah. Right. And, and like, God just kept telling me, like, it's my church, Brian, just trust me. Yeah. Right. Just, just do what I lead you to do and just trust me. And, you know, again, make, make that call, right. That you don't know what to do. 
Like, just make the call and move forward and trust me. It's my church. And, and I think, you know, again, as a leader in, in leading this church, and like I said, that was true before the pandemic and before the shutdown, before all those kind of things. But like God is just, because again, through every phase, you know, every hard conversation, everything, you know, every, and, you know, every person that's left the church, every new person that's come into the church, all those things that's happened here over these last five years, God is just continuing to say, Brian, you're accountable to me. It's my church. I'm the Lord of the harvest. Yes. Amen. And, and just, just submit to what I'm leading you to do Yeah, and put your trust in me. No, you know? Yeah, exactly. Again, don't, don't trust even my own ability. Don't trust, you know, that, I mean, anybody else just trust me because he's the Lord of the harvest. Yes. And, and, you know, and again, that concept goes all the way down to everything, even just my own personal life. Right. Again, I, I look at, oh, yeah. if, you know, if I look at my wife, at my kids, at my family, at my job, at our finances, at whatever it is, like it's all God. Mm -hmm. Right. And he's like, he's like, I, he's the owner, right? Like it, and, and again, he's called me to manage it and to steward it for him. Right. And again, and God deserves excellence. And I'm going to do the best I can do with everything he's given me. Right. You know, whether again, my yeah. finances, my marriage, my kids, you know, my church, right. Like mm -hmm. everything that God's put in front of me, I am managing it for God. And, and I, and I think that the same is true, even again, with my own heart, right? Like, again, God, God is the judge, right? Like I can't even save myself. Right. Exactly. And, and so again, I have to surrender. And just as you quoted right earlier, John 14, six, right. That Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, the life, right. No one comes to the father except through me. And without Jesus, we are nothing. Yep. You're right. right. And. I was just saying, like, that's, again, something that God just continued to whisper in my heart, right? It's just like, I'm the Lord of the harvest, right? And I will bring in the harvest, like, and again, just what does God ask for in this, right? He just says, you just be a faithful worker. Yeah, and it goes back to the total surrender to God, you know, and that's what true in ministry and as a believer and, you know, in every facet of our life, you know, we should always lay down our ourself and and surrender to God and surrender to his will and I I love that the theme here that I'm hearing is faith surrender and it all points back to God have faith in God that he will orchestrate your walk he will he just like he did with you brother in in regards to how he kind of shaped your path to lead you to Oregon Trail where you are right now whether you're in the ministry or not in the ministry he does it he does it in in uh with employment opportunities as well. He just shapes things because he knows the end from the beginning. He knows the path that you need to go through to get to where he's destined for you to be. And uh, in our in our Christian walk, it's so imperative for us to to trust in God. You know, I quote this a lot with with my uh in in our youth class and I quote this a lot on our podcast as well, Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, and in all your ways acknowledge Him, and He'll direct your path. And man, do we not need that now more than ever? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. You know, and and again, it's, and I know you you asked, okay, as a pastor, right? How do you, how do I take that on, even as I lead a congregation, right? And just how do we get people yeah. to understand, right? That, that again, that, that they need to take responsibility for their own faith, right? Yes. Um, yeah. and, and again, because because we do again, God's already done His part, but we need to pick up our end of the deal, right? Like. Like we have to, you know, pick up and, and journey forward in our faith. And that's the choice we have to make. 
Um, and, and again, just as I look at it, I, I always go back and even looking at that as a pastor, I go back to this constantly. But in Ephesians chapter four, right, we are given literally the job description of pastors. Right. And um, Ephesians chapter four, verses 11 through 13, it says, now these are the gifts that Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, evangelists and the pastors and the teachers. Yeah. And their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church which is the body of Christ. And this will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. And so again, what is my job as a pastor of a church, right? As a, as a, as a teacher and a preacher, right? And a pastor, my job is to teach everybody else what they're supposed to do. Amen. Right. In their faith. Amen. Right? And, and again, that's, that's, and I, the hundred percent is I feel like what has turned Oregon trail around in this revitalization process is the fact that this, I've kept it in the forefront of my mind. I'm like, Lord, I'm just here to teach them what their end of the deal is. Right. Like I, God's already accomplished his side of the covenant, right? He sent Jesus as a Messiah. He lived a sinless life. He died on a cross. He rose right. again on the third day, right? Yeah. Like God, I mean, he is the way through his life. God already did his side of the deal. Right. Right. Now our side of the deal, this is say, and again, my job as a pastor and a teacher, right, is to, to, to equip God's people to do God's work because he's the Lord of the harvest, right? And what God needs is more workers. And so many uh, pastors and, and we pastors, and I'll say, I'll lump me into that same thing, right? So many of us pastors, we take way more on our shoulders, right? To grow the church that is not our responsibility. That's good. Amen. Right. And, and again, as just a, a, a normal follower of Jesus that attends church on Sunday, right? It's that's who's supposed to grow the church. Yes, sir. Amen, brother. You're right. Right. And, and again, I, and I don't, I'll tell you, Andrew, I know you understand because you're in full-time ministry too, right. Is like, I've met more pastors than, than I, than not, right. That are tired right, and are exhausted and are spent out and just yeah. um, are burnt out. Right. And, and again, and, and so, you know, the question, right. What do we do as, as just a follower of Jesus? What is, what do I do to not just revitalize my own faith but revitalize my church is do what scripture tells me to do and that's hold up my end of the deal right to take my own faith seriously to fall in love with jesus every day yeah, yeah. right to read his word to do my part right and yes. to again to be the hands and feet of jesus in a in a in a world that so desperately needs jesus amen right and our light, world needs yeah. it way more now than it ever has before right <laughs> you're right light that can be seen and salt that can be tasted Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Pastor Brian, thank you so much for joining us today. Again, this is Pastor Brian Seidel from Boise, Idaho, pastoring Oregon Trail Church. Thank you so much, brother, for taking time out of your evening to join us today. I really appreciate absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And friends, thank you guys so much for tuning in to listen to this episode today. If you missed our past episode, we discussed the topic, Even You. I recommend going back and checking that out because that episode, we really highlighted the story of Peter and him denying Christ three times at the point of Christ's arrest. And there's so much in that story 
that's relevant for us today. I really recommend you going and checking that out. Again, we have Pastor Brian Seidel here from Boise, Idaho. Thank you, brother, for joining in. Friends, stay strong in the faith, and I look forward to talking to you next time. Thank you.